Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. I want to share today on being reliant on the Spirit. And this comes to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, so you can turn there. Um, obviously, a part of our worship is also giving of our tithes and offerings. So you can, um, you can give online. You can make your checks out to the church. We have envelopes in the back. You can put them in the box. But it is a part of our worship. And it, it is a, it's a joy as a church to be obedient to the scripture where he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring it all into the storehouse so there might be an abundance for his purposes and for his kingdom. And in that, he gives us a promise that in bringing our tithe to the church, he says, I will rebuke the enemy. I will rebuke the one that wants to to destroy the fruit that's on the vine, and I will bring a blessing in your life. And so I just want to encourage you that the giving is out of an act of obedience of our heart. And we're hilarious givers because we know that our, our father, our papa, is taking care of us. So I want you, if you can, if you turn your Bible or, or flip, turn on your phone to 1 Corinthians 2, I, I saw a teaching recently uh, by Kevin Zeta, who had a, a five-and-a-half-hour visitation from Jesus, who basically spoke to him about the future. How would you like to have Jesus to show up in your living room and speak to you for five-and-a-half hours? Huh? I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. I've been asking him, I, Jesus, you do know my address, don't you? It's 212. So, so I want him, I want him to come visit me. I would love to be with my Savior. Uh, so in that, in, in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul is talking to the Corinthians, for they were a very spiritual people. And, and But what was starting to happen is that the, the, the church in Corinth were beginning to be influenced by the world. And they started walking in the ways of their own flesh and their own mental understanding. And they were, they were trying to deal with things uh, that uh, on a fleshly level with their own strength. So he's writing to them because he's wanting them to be effective in their walk with God. That basically they would hit the mark that they would not lose their way, but they would hit the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Corinth was a city that was filled with sin. There was much uh, uh, moral, immoral corruption. There was a lot of um, depravity. So there was no better place, no better incentive for Paul to write about sin. It was clearly all around him. So in that, it was a fertile field for the good news of Jesus to be preached in this area. And so Paul is laying the groundwork, and to understand that Paul 
was an expert in Jewish law. He sat under one of the greatest teachers in the ancient world, and that was Gamaliel. He was the head Pharisee. And in that, he was being trained, Paul was being trained to take over and to lead the Pharisees after Gamaliel died. So he was being groomed. He was getting prepared. So Paul was really seen as kind of a top dog. He was seen as someone that really knew his, I mean, Paul knew the law forward and backwards. He understood it to a T. And before his conversion, Paul was dragging off Christians to kill them, thinking that he was doing God a favor. And he was also, I think, trying to get brownie points from the Pharisees because he wanted to be set in place as the leader over all of the Pharisees. So this is the setting for what's getting ready to to be communicated here. And when Paul was converted, he was massively converted. He was blinded. He 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 was taken up into heaven, and he was given revelation from above of the mysterion, the mysteries of God, and they were revealed to him that had been hidden throughout all of the centuries. So Paul was given a glimpse into heaven, and and the scriptures were unfolded before him. And all that Paul had achieved and gained in his mind was nothing compared to the beauty and the wonder and the splendor of Jesus. All that he had achieved, his intellect, his mind, knowing all of the law, nothing compared to knowing the love of Christ. Nothing could compare to it. So if there's anyone that can speak about no longer depending on your mental abilities to figure out life, it is Paul. He was brilliant. And he realized, I can't do that anymore. I can't figure out what's going on with my mind. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. Let's look there. If we could pull up the scriptures. Thank you. My brothers and sisters, when I first came to you, The secrets of God, my brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert. Remember, Paul was an expert at the law. He was so good. He could refute it. He could could persuade it. He could tear it apart and build it back up, but he was an expert at it. And he said, and I'm... Trying, I'm not going to try to impress you with eloquent speech and lofty wisdom because he was able to do that. For while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah. I stood before you feeling inadequate. Why did he feel inadequate? Because he's not able to operate in the eloquence of, and, and the brilliance of his mind anymore. 
He was having to be dependent upon God to give him revelation and understanding of what to say. He couldn't lean on the strength of his arm. So he's feeling inadequate, and he was filled with reverence for God, trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preached, it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. This is an incredible statement. Paul is saying that God intended that your your faith not rest on your mental ability to figure things out, but trusting in God's almighty power. He's beginning to make a case that we can no longer walk in the mental understanding of things, trying to figure things out in the natural realm. And he begins to make the case that it is imperative that Christians begin to get revelation, that they get wisdom and revelation from above, begin to unfold the things that are happening around you. Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, he said, I pray that you would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We are to walk in a way, in a manner that is helping us discern our times and to know what to do. I'm watching people right now walk around as if they really know they're in the right when actually they're in the wrong. I'm seeing those today that call are calling what is wrong right and what is right is wrong. It's getting twisted today. I'm beginning to hear that the things that I would think would be unthinkable are all of a sudden becoming the normal. And, and Paul thought that he was doing the will of God by killing Christians. He thought his assignment was to get rid of them. But when he received salvation, he was caught up into heaven and he was shown revelation. And he realized, I had it all wrong. I thought I knew what was right. I thought I was doing God you a favor. I thought I was helping you by getting rid of the Christians. And I was wrong. He was able to see things from God's perspective. But just like Paul, if we walked in our own mental wisdom and understanding and strength, we can be deceived as well. Wisdom comes down from heaven. Wisdom is pure and sensible and right. It's a heavenly gift. 
Wisdom comes down from heaven, and it's not wisdom is not found in this earthly realm that we live in right now. We are able to answer to people right now that are walking in darkness, that are blinded by the God of this age. Wisdom comes down from above, and you know who it's for? It's for the spiritually mature. And we must allow ourselves to come um, away with him, spending time with him. We must have much closet time. You guys, we must become closet people because we have got to hear from heaven and get the wisdom that's from above and impart it to us to understand what's going on. James 3.11 says this, If you consider yourself to be wise and one who understands the ties of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness. Never brag or boast about what you've done and you'll prove that you're truly wise. But if there is bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it. Try to, don't try to compensate for it by boasting and being phony. For that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described as the wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish. So whatever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles in every kind of meanness. But the wisdom from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate, and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. And it always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. I don't think there's ever been a time when Christians need to get off the milk. We need to get off the milk and get on to the meat. We've got to get off the bottle and get into the spirit. It is time for the body of Christ to grow up in the things of God and be led of the spirit. Those that are led of the Spirit are the true sons of God. So in that, we have got to understand, as we look at verse 6 in, he, in, in uh, Corinthians, let's look there, verse 6. However, there is a wisdom that we continually speak of when we are among the spiritually mature. It's a wisdom that didn't originate in this present age nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. Instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan, destined before the ages to bring us into glory. None of the rulers of this present world understood it, for they had and they never would have crucified the Lord of shining glory. This is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God 
has in store for all of his lovers. I, I believe the body of Christ desperately needs revelation from above. You know, we are not able to mentally discern all that's going on with the natural realm without the wisdom from above. If we try to stay in the mental realm and figure things out through the wisdom of this world, we are staying in the mental realm, which is the realm of the evil one. And in the realm of the evil one, because we've got to remember, he is, he is the God of the air. He's like, oh, you're going to try to figure this out in my realm? Come on. And what he does is he twists things. He manipulates things. He lies. He distorts the truth. When we try to walk in the, in the earthly realm and in the wisdom of this day, we are being set up to be manipulated and to eventually be led astray. I am watching Christians lose the fire of God in their heart. I am watching Christians drift away. I am watching individuals be so swept up by what's being said today, and they're believing it as true, and all of a sudden, their whole mindset is now earthly-minded and not heavenly-minded. Ephesians 2.2 says this, It wasn't long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority. The enemy fills the atmosphere with his authority. You're in his realm. You're trying to operate in his realm. He can twist it. He can manipulate it. He can, he can get so close to the truth, and it seems like it's right, but it's wrong. We cannot fight in this realm. We were not made to fight in this realm. It is not where we're to be. It is not our place. We are to live our life set on the things above. We are to set our minds on Christ and Him alone. And so, obeying the dark ruler of this earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. Do you see that? I'm concerned that we're trying to walk out our Christian life figuring things out with our own intellect. And Paul says, Paul came to a place where he said, I feel so inadequate with what, I'm, what I, I, I've been entrusted to do, to communicate a mystery to you, the mysterion of God, the revelation from God. And I have to be dependent on the Spirit, and I cannot use any earthly wisdom that I have to communicate this. So we need to concentrate on what Paul is saying for us Today, Corinth is a picture of modern-day America. They were the center of commerce. They were the epicenter of commerce and trade. And what happened there 
spread to all the world, just like America. We are the head of commerce. Everything that happens in America is spread to all the world. And at this very moment, we are at a crossroads where are we going to rely upon God's voice and not the enemy's voice? We have got to stand up for truth. We've got to be truth bearers. And we've got to know the truth because it's the truth that's going to set us free. Verse 10 says this, But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Listen to this. But now God unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, He has revealed it to us in His innermost, inmost heart and the deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that man's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. God unfolds things, unveils things by his spirit. This is how he operates. And because many are trying to figure things out today with their natural mind, I'm concerned that we're seeing a great deception come upon this church, upon uh, the world, in this nation. There's a great deception that's happening because we're trying to figure out the craziness with our own mind. We're trying to make sense of what's going on right now. I, 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 I hear almost every other day, I have never seen anything like this in, our, in the United States of America. I've never, I, I never imagined that this would be possible. Well, the deal is this. It could get even crazier. And if we keep trying to figure it out in the natural realm, we're going to get manipulated and we're going to get led astray. We have got to be men and women of the Spirit eating meat and get off the milk. We've got to press into our Father and know exactly what He is saying at this very moment. Because nothing is making sense in the natural realm. So we have got to press in and receive the wisdom from above that is pure and sensible and gentle and right. So we need to increase our spiritual activity. You know, it is those that walk by the Spirit are known as the true sons of God. We've got to be walking and leading and being led by the Holy Spirit. You know what it is? It is so heartbreaking to see right now. I'm seeing families and friends being torn apart right now because they're trying to figure things out in the natural realm. I'm seeing parents that don't want to talk to the children. I'm seeing, I'm seeing uh, children that are depriving the grandparents from seeing the grandchildren. Because everybody's trying to figure out truth in the natural realm. 
Everybody's trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong in the natural realm. And it is separating families. Separating families. It is breaking people's hearts just to see that there's a division that's taking place. There's conflicts arising because people are trying to fight in the devil's realm because he's the spirit of the air and he knows how to bring division. He knows how to twist things. And I am saying that we have got to rise up and say, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to walk in the ways of the Spirit. So with that said, there is no better time to preach the good news. There is no better time to share the good news of Jesus, that he loves you, that he forgives you of all of your sin, and that he wants you to be adopted into his father's house, adopted into the family. And I'm telling you what, I, I, was, so, I was so encouraged by yesterday. I had the privilege of going with Rocky and Tia to this beautiful community close by. And um, we got to go through the neighborhoods and, and just share the love of Jesus, the gospel. And we met with one young man. Rocky, uh, the Lord showed Rocky there was a uh, there was going to be a, a a young person that was going to be dressed in black that he was going to be ministering to. So we went to this one house thinking that the family was there, the mom and dad. Well, they were at Walmart shopping. So, but who came to the front door but a young man dressed in black? And Rocky led him to the Lord. He rededicated his life to Jesus. And we had an incredible moment. Then the family shows up, and the dad's there, and and he wanted prayer for his knee, and he gets prayer for his knee. I mean, he was walking he was walking like this to me, and I, and I said, well, what's wrong with your leg? He said, oh, my knee, I think I'm going to have to get an operation on it. I said, well, how about we ask Jesus? Because I got good news. Jesus heals. And, you know, that's good news when you're hurting, right? So I prayed for his knee, and, and he went, it, it, it's better. It, I, it feel, I, can't, I, I couldn't do this earlier. So then his buddy drove up, and he said, hey, hey, Floyd, you need to get some of this, because he just had a heart surgery, and he was having to go back and get his heart worked on. So... He said, oh, oh, pastor, don't come over here. Don't, don't come over here. And, and so I, did, I said, well, just, I just love to pray for you. So I walked over, and, and all of a sudden, I started praying for him. And he just, oh, tears coming down. He says, I'm feeling heat on my heart right now. I'm feeling heat. I said, well, Jesus is healing your heart. And, and so we got to go around and share. It's good news, church. We've got good news to share. And the good news is that Jesus forgives you of all your sin. He'll heal you of your sickness. And he'll bring you in to his papa's papa's house. And we get to be adopted into the family. I'm telling you what. I want to encourage everyone in this church. We need to go back out there. So in a couple weeks, Rocky's going to be out there and Tia's going to be out there. We're just going, we're going to be, listen, 
There's, there's a lot of kids there. I mean, I was the candy man. I had my candy. I mean, I mean, the kids, we were just, we were having fun. And um, But you know what? Jesus is being preached, and we need to be about the business of our Father. So we need to begin to preach the good news and stop listening to all this bad news. You know, when the stock market goes down, uh, a lot of investors say that's a really good time to invest. You don't invest in the market when it's rising. You invest in a down market. You know, things are pretty down right now in America. A lot of, there's a lot of bad news going on. Well, there's no better time to bring and talk about the good news. There's no better time to share the good news of Jesus with those that are really in a hard place and that need to hear the good news of Jesus. So I want us to begin, want to encourage you that uh, in a couple weeks when Rocky invites you all to go, that we all show up because I think we're going to have a good time. Look, let's look back at verse 12 in uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together spirit-revealed truths with spirit-revealed words. Wow. I love that. Christians are not of this world. Look at the person beside you and say, you're not of this world. Come on, say it again. You're not of this world. This is not your home. We've not received the spirit of this world. And the Holy Spirit will, will articulate truths to us. He will help us to figure out what is going on today from heaven's perspective. This is why we've got to be in our closets listening and hearing the voice of God. The Holy Spirit will help us understand the values of heaven. And it will help us in understanding what we're to do in this time. I'm so grateful for the reality of heaven. Because even in the midst of all the chaos that we are experiencing in our nation, I'm so glad that there's a truth that can ring forth and can bring about the reality of how we're to walk out our life successfully. Because that's what Paul was trying to communicate to the church in Corinth. He wanted them to hit the mark. But they were falling into fleshly activities and believing certain things and eating food certain ways. They were just getting, they were getting all mixed up. And he didn't want them to be led astray and to be deceived by the spirit that was in operation in Corinth. So let's look at verse 14, and we'll wrap it up. Someone living 
Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit. Do you hear that? If we want to live on the natural level, we will actually justify what truth is by what we think feels right. Do you know that's happening a lot today? It's called relativism. People are beginning to define truth by what feels good, by what feels right, by what justifies their pleasures and what they want and what they want to do. Well, that just seems like the right thing to do. It seems kind. And when you begin to develop your own truth that is not based out of heaven, but it's on your own realities, that becomes your own truth. And people begin to believe it then as true. So if you believe that, let's just say, your sexual orientation is to be this way or that way, or you're to live your life um, in, in a behavior like this that is, that is contrary to the Word of God, you begin to believe it, that becomes your truth. That becomes your reality. And so in that, you're beginning to live into a lie. You're, you're beginning to be manipulated. You're beginning to be deceived. Because he rejects revelation from God. For they make no sense to him. They don't have a grid for it. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things. And they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? I'm concerned that the world system and the spirit of this age is infiltrating churches. There, there are churches that I think are going to be uh, standing against the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit. And there's those that are believing, well, why do we need to share the good news? Because if God has predestined everybody and he knows who's going to come to heaven and who's going to go to hell, then why do we need to even share the gospel? Why do we need to even share the good news of Jesus? So they will stand against any move of God that is going to begin to bring in the end time harvest because they don't want to believe that that's what we're to be doing. So there's those in the church that even can begin to resist what God is doing because they're living on the human level, on the human plane, and they reject the things of the Spirit. But the church must stand up, the true church. Because those that stand up with the revelation from heaven, standing upon the truth of God's word, are the ones that Jesus said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. He made it really clear. So we need to be about preaching the good news of Jesus and preaching the gospel because this will usher in 
the Lord's return. So in that, I am just very, very aware of the fact that I need a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that I need more revelatory understanding of things in the Spirit, and I've got to get out of walking in this natural realm. I need to turn off the the TV too, or turn off the radio, or turn off whatever. But it's important right now, church, that we are pulling away to hear the voice of our Father, that we might receive wisdom from Him that is coming from above. And I believe we're going to be able to navigate victoriously in these days because I believe with all of my heart we are on the verge of one of the greatest moves of God that this earth has ever seen. I think we're right on the verge, on the precipice of one of the greatest revivals the world has ever seen. So in that, we stand in faith, waiting for the wind of the Spirit to blow in our land. And I am trusting the Lord that we are going to see many, many more baptized, many, many more saved, healed, and delivered, and set free, because we are going to be men and women of the Spirit and not of this natural realm. Amen.